Coming to you live on a Wednesday night. Welcome to the All That Jazz Podcast. We apologize for the interruption in our regular scheduled programming, but we thought that it would be beneficial to all you jazz faithful out there to get tonight's game included and then have the All-Star break in one podcast instead of releasing last night and then have the Heat game to watch tonight and then nothing. Um, we did it for you because we care about you. We are your hosts, the one and the only Ben Jones, and I am Zach Hazeldine. Welcome on in, Ben. How you feeling? Great. What? What? How the jazz? How, tell the jazz fans how they should be feeling. Great. You should be feeling great because what a stretch it's been. It's been incredible. We uh, go ahead and we lose five games in a row because why not? Yeah, last week was was rough. I want to take a poll of all you fans out there, and I want all of you to raise your hand if you felt like bashing your head against a wall during that five game. I actually did. I, as did I. Yes. I as legit, did I. I legitimately hit my head on a wall. I was being dramatic, but I did it. Yeah, I mean, just hand to face. Hand to face. I mean, I don't know if you can hear my hand hitting my face, but that's what... It, it was pulling my hair out. And then on the exact opposite thing, you get all this stuff going on and we start winning games again. And there's a lot of headlines to talk about. We hope we don't bore you as we revisit the past as there's been a lot of controversy and a lot of national attention to some of these mm-hmm. jazz wins. Yeah. But we really kind of want to circle back and, and gather up what's been going on over the last week. Um, and I think there is no better place to jump in than tonight. Absolutely. Just, you know, the nice thing about this stretch, we've won four straight games after losing five straight, but they're all good teams, which is because, you know, there was a point last week where I I legitimately thought we weren't going to be allowed to beat good teams. I thought the basketball gods wouldn't let us. Well, and as you saw last week's episode, I mean, the the term we used was that the Jazz were just allergic to winning. Yes. It just didn't matter what we did. I mean, their bodies just could not let them mm-hmm. win when they played basketball. Yeah. And in one foul swoop and a Goody, Rudy Gobert goaltend that got missed, we're back to winning four in a row. Mm-hmm. And suddenly everything's great again. Yeah. Um, a lot of headlines to get into. Um, do, do we want to just start with this heat game? Talk about yes. what went well and then kind of work our way back? And yeah. Knock out some of this. We we managed to just watch the Utah Jazz step on the throat, if you will, mm-hmm. sweep the leg, if you will, um, and take out the the mighty Miami Heat. Yeah. Um, what were your thoughts from that game? Who looked good? Who didn't look um, good? I mean, it has to be Clarkson. You uh, thought Clarkson was your star of the night? I mean, he just stood out the most to me. Like Donovan, it's obvious he played great, but uh. Clarkson has been on fire these past few games. It's been great. It's been awesome to watch, and uh, I was I was I was a little concerned when we traded for him because he didn't really seem like a Quinn Snyder type player, but he's bought in, and it's been incredible to see. It, he he has just been a very pleasant surprise and a much needed. I always refer back to for all you listeners that have been with us since the conception of this show mm-hmm. back in October November ish. We talked about the bench struggles really needing a spark. Jordan Clarkson is our little spark plug that just gets in a game, confidently hits down threes, and just torches guys. 
and especially second units. I mean, he just dribbles all over them and mm-hmm. brings it home. I mean, it's it's incredible. Yeah, I mean, we watched the Heat broadcast, and they were like in fear of Jordan Clarkson every time. Well, and they should be. I mean, <laughs> have you not seen his last week? I mean, it's just been it's been awesome. Yeah, I mean, just striking the heart, fear into the hearts of the opponents, night in and night out. Um, my highlight from the night. Um, I, I am going to give it to Donovan Mitchell. And the reason why is because in the jazz circles that I speak in, um, with you, Ben, and with my friends and with people at work, I have been really, really critical of Donovan over the last probably two weeks, really since the All-Star announcement came out. He has been kind of timid is what I've noticed. I kind of even question if he's been playing hurt. <laughs> Just because he, he, he hasn't seemed like himself at all. Yeah. Um, and then tonight we finally see the Donovan Mitchell we know and love. 9 of 16, 26 points, mm-hmm. 4 of 8 from 3. Um, really just kind of stepped up. Yeah. Uh, and I, I was really happy to see super efficient, balanced Utah Jazz Donovan Mitchell tonight. Um, I'm trying to think of other stuff. It's always interesting to do a show right after we watch a game, mm-hmm. especially after we win. Yeah. Or after we lose, really, because yeah. the emotions are just so raw. I was impressed with Rudy. Um, yeah, he had uh, sometimes I got a little frustrated. Um, he, you know, you know, you know, listeners, you know what I'm talking about. Where it's like Rudy, it kind of gets a little soft. If we're being honest, we love him, but so, you know, he has plays like that where you kind of get a bit frustrated with him being a little bit soft in the ball control. But I think for the most part, he had a pretty good game. I, I did too. I'm um, looking at his stat line. He was a monster on the boards tonight. He had 20 boards, 7 to 12 with 16 points. Um, Bam kind of got the best of him, mm-hmm. not just on that dunk where okay. he kind of put him on there, but Bam kind of I thought got the best of him a couple Effort times. Wise, maybe. Yeah, and that that's kind of what I've noticed is Rudy. Every once in a while, it's like he just kind of loses focus just a little bit, and I, I'm remembering something that Quinn said. Over the last two years, I think. But he was talking about what was necessary to be... And I, and maybe it was coming from a summer into the regular season. But I'm pretty sure what he was he was speaking about was how essential it was for his guys to be completely mentally locked in on defense. Yeah, um, I mean, that's, that's what Forget about is. what just happened. You are completely locked in on defense this play right now. And there's nothing else that exists. Um, and it's, don't worry about the fast break. Don't worry about even getting the rebound after they put up a shot and miss. Worry about playing this second of defense. Um, and you, you live it second by second kind of an approach. And every once in a while, I think Rudy just kind of – I don't know if it's because he's like so used to everybody relying on him that he kind of just – Gets caught looking at everything else going on. Uh, what like plays are you thinking about? Like just every once in a, and and maybe it's him not getting into foul trouble, but I just feel like there's opportunities for him, not only to block shots, but kind of to just position himself to stop an offensive play, and the focus just kind of like lags for just a second. I, I'm really not used to seeing that from him. I thought he was was pretty good in terms of like. Got, when when Jimmy Butler tried to go to the rim and, and other guys, they he kind of just stopped it. They them even thinking about it. Yeah. So I I mean I know what you're saying. There were a couple plays where maybe he thought he was a bit too late and he wouldn't contest. But I, I think that's just him 
making a business decision. Staying out of foul trouble? Yeah. Maybe that's what it is, but I don't know. I, I was really impressed with the other highlight that I'd kind of say from tonight. I was really impressed, and Ben and I watched this game together, so he's mm-hmm. kind of already heard this take once. But I feel like in the past, and especially right now, I feel a little bit snake bit from the four or five game skid that we went on. And during those games, there were plenty of times where we'd pull ahead, and we all said, yes, we're finally going to mm-hmm. get a win tonight. And then the fourth quarter happened, and right about somewhere between the seven-minute mark and the five-minute mark, we lose focus again. And especially on yeah. offense, we, for some reason, think it's time to start milking the clock. We stop being aggressive. The ball movement stops. And we take 20-foot jumpers. I think that's what the Heat did today because those first three quarters, maybe not really in the start of the fourth quarter, but the first three quarters, they they were locked in. They were tough. They wanted it. And uh, I just think we we brought it to them, which is something I felt like I haven't seen this year, where we went out and we won the game and we did everything we needed to do. We, we did. I mean, I, I was actually I, – I even made this comment. It was right about the five-minute mark. We had three straight possessions, which were running the shot clock down to zero and putting up a shot that was not great. I mean, Donovan had one, which was a long, contested shot. And then Jordan Clarkson had one where he dribbled up a guy, got to the middle of the paint, then took this really elongated fadeaway shot. And then the next possession, Donovan took this really high-arcing shot and then Quinn called a timeout and then we step in and bury mm-hmm. a couple threes and that was just kind of the end of it i mean we I mean, we just kind of that was nails in yeah. the coffin i think the first half we only hit like five threes and then the second half half we hit nine yeah and, so. and bogey was involved and royce was involved and mm-hmm. donovan was involved i think pretty much every guy that really shoots three for us was involved except for one and guess who that was who? joseph ingles yeah, I, what's been going on with him? Because this stretch has, I mean, I don't want to say he's been invisible, but I kind of think he's been a bit invisible. He's I, been completely invisible. Yeah. I, I. Do you think it's a, this is like completely raw take here. This mm-hmm. is not practiced for all you folks listening. Do you think it's a matter of like volume? Like we just don't have enough shots to let Joe get him up? Uh, I Actually, I kind of do. So I think part of it is, he loves moving the ball. He's really passive, and I think he he he's not really the type of guy to go out and get you 30. He doesn't have that mentality. He thinks moving the ball is best, and he's not really super aggressive. He said on multiple interviews that he I, – I, my word, my interpretation of it is he, when there are better players to score on the court, he's probably a little bit more passive, and he doesn't look to score very much. And I think Conley coming back – I don't want to say it's damaged his confidence, but I think his in his eyes his role has changed where he's just going to be a. Ball he's a mover. facilitator more than he is a. I, I get that, and and he's not shooting the ball well, so it's kind of like a no, confidence thing. I kind of want to read some things from him from the last couple games, mm-hmm. and as we're doing this kind of raw take on air, Conley hasn't been in past two games. Past two games. That's why I think it's a confidence thing where. Maybe he just gets out of rhythm and kind of can't get his mojo back. Yeah, when he's when he's aggressive, when he's like what those stretches he's had in the playoffs, like against Paul George, where he's hitting literally everything. 
those are the stretches where he's at his best. And I think it's just confidence with him. I really do. Yeah, and if you really kind of look at our starting lineup, I mean, especially when when Joe's in and Conley's in, kind of when we're at our max, you have Conley that you want taking shots, Donovan who you want taking shots, Joe who you want taking shots, Bogey who you want taking shots, and Rudy who you want. The shots, or the, you want him dunking. <laughs> yeah, you want him to get open. Dunks. You want to pick and roll people to death with that. Yeah. But if you look kind of on that, like I kind of feel like Joe maybe is. I don't want to say the last option in that starting lineup, but he's definitely like, if there's shot distribution amongst that starting lineup, he's probably going to get the least looks. Yeah, I would agree with that, and it's nothing on Joe. No, it's not. It's the fact that you're playing with yeah. Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, and Bojan Bogdanovich. That's why I want him to come off the bench so we basically just say, hey, get your shots up with the second unit. Um, I, I don't know, but maybe it's the confidence thing Here's that. Here's what he's done the last couple nights. Uh, tonight he was 1 of 9 with 4 points, 0 for 5 from 3. Against the pesky Dallas Mavericks, what a game that was. We'll get to that in a minute. It gets worse. Well, maybe it, it, it gets slightly better. Two of eight, one of seven from three, seven points. Yeah, I mean, you go to the Rockets game. So the good news is, is we're winning through all this. He has three points off one of two shooting from the three line. You go back to the Blazers game, which Ben and I actually had the privilege of attending. Mm-hmm. And he plays a lot better. 5 of 10 from the 4, 3 of 5 from 3 of 14 points. Well, I mean, something you don't hear a lot from, you know, the media or other people is how much shooting relies on confidence. And I I, I played basketball. I'm, I'm not going to be the guy that says if you play basketball. But I played basketball, and I went to, you know, a shooting coach, and he said just – he told me to relax and just be confident in yourself. And so I think – that's why you see guys go on shooting streaks where everything goes in. I think it's something in your head that helps you make shots. And I, I just think he's going through a cold streak, and he's going to get hot again. So. Well, and I, I agree with that. I The thing that makes me nervous with this is if Joe is sacrificing his shots for the better of the team. And I don't want to make this all about scoring, you know, because there's way more to basketball than scoring. It's defense, it's passing, ball movement, rebounding. It's team jazz basketball of what we're looking for. But what I don't want to see is a not aggressive Joe Ingles. See, that's the thing, though, that I think is interesting is he, he feels the need to be passive when I still feel like he has opportunities to put shots up in those lineups. Like, it's not like he doesn't have the chance, right? He maybe not as big of a chance as he had earlier in the season when Conley was injured. But he had the oppor- he still has opportunities to get shots up. And that's my point is I just think he should go for it. Same with Royce. Just sh- shoot. Go for the open looks instead of the extra passes sometimes. I agree. I agree with that. And that, that's kind of what it boils down to for me with Joe Ingles is even if he, we keep him in that starting lineup, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, we want you to shoot open threes, especially from that wing where mm-hmm. – you know, the ball movement gets going and the defense is adjusting. We get it to Joe and he hits that beautiful left-handed three ball. Yeah. Um, the thing that I also would, wouldn't mind seeing, though, is I feel like earlier in the season he had a lot of success 
running a pick and roll with Rudy, mm-hmm. and that's kind of been MIA. And I get that that's somewhat impossible to do now when you've got Donovan, Conley, Bogey, Clarkson, all kind of dominating mm-hmm. the ball when they're in the game, especially in a pick and roll. But that's a that's a dimension to this offense that I really hope we don't see go away because mm-hmm. I, I think it's going to be necessary come playoffs to be able to throw that wrinkle in. Joe, go give us a couple minutes of pick and roll with Rudy. Well, it's something we didn't talk about that I just checked. Nine assists. Joe Ingles had nine assists today. So while he wasn't making shots, he was still passing the ball and moving it. I mean, no scrub gets nine assists unless you're Rajon Rondo. So, so is that a, a hot, not a hot, but like a great Joe Ingles take, or was that a, a, a hot Rajon Rondo diss? It was a Rajon Rondo diss, absolutely. That guy. I bet no one listening to this show put their earphones in or plugged into their car and thought they'd get a Rajon Rondo take. Rajon Rondo. We keep people on their toes. Listen, he'll be great in the playoffs because he always is. Regular season Rondo, it's like, oh, yikes. It's, he, it's because he literally could care less. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not like he uh, – we're done with Rondo. Never mind. I'm, I'm done talking about Rondo. I, I kind of like it, man. This yeah. is a uh, – you never know what you're going to get here. Yeah. Um, any other takes that you really thought were standout or highlights from tonight's game or plays that you saw that were uh, like, wowzers? I was actually kind of impressed with the Heat before they let us step on their necks, but I thought those first few quarters it was hard to score, and they were competing. Duncan Robinson was hitting shots. I was impressed with Igadala. That dude, I don't – he hasn't – Some this guy was – what two weeks ago, laying in bed like he was doing. He's on a golf course. Man. He's on a golf course. He He's was a heck of a golfer. He was doing nothing two weeks ago, and he comes in and he plays great D, and he looks almost he looks somewhat similar to what he was in Golden State, which is to me I was impressed with that. I I had a hot take in tonight's show. I think the Heat end up winning a round in the playoffs. They're even, fourth in the the East right now. Yeah, I don't even know if that's hot anymore. Like if you said that like before the season, it'd be hot. But man, they're good. Like I well, especially with them adding Iggy. I mean, there's some defensive lineups yeah. that they have where it's yeah. Butler, Crowder, and Iguodala with Bam in the middle. Mm-hmm. Like good night. Yeah, I, I, I mean, Do you Bam, get them in a game against like the 76ers or somebody, I'd mm-hmm. probably favor the Heat to win Ooh. off defensive alone. Alone. Yeah, I mean, they, they, you can tell that they've just gone after culture guys that play their butts off. And, yeah, and, and it's going to pay them. off. And we, were, we were kind of even talking a little bit about Spolstra as well. Yeah, um, I think I made the comment today. Eric Spolstra is the only coach that has. Uh, Sur- Survived LeBron James. Yeah. Every other coach is, uh, mm-hmm. it's been cut out. Yeah. So should we go back to the other games? So what games have we missed? Should so, we rewind? Do you want to do yeah. this chronologically? Or should we do it by headline? Well, let's just. So we recorded Monday last week. So we didn't have. We didn't talk about what games happened after that. We had the Trailblazers this, this game. Dates back all the way to January, Ben. I mean, no we got to wait. Our last. We no, we recorded in February, didn't we? Oh, maybe you're right. Um, I have the first game that we lost. So we lost on Saturday to the Trailblazers. No, we, um, oh, wait. Where th- yeah, we this was the again. Saturday before where we, we recorded. And then the next night on Wednesday night, we lost to the Nuggets okay. at home. Yeah, so we haven't talked about an the absolute Nuggets game. heartbreaker where we lost by three points. Yeah. Okay, so we. Yeah, okay. 
the Mavs, Rockets, Trailblazers, and the Nuggets. Those are the games we have Correct. not talked about. So kind of a rare episode in that we've got one, two, three, five games to cover here. Yeah, so do we want to get the heartbreaker out of the way or should we go chronologically? I feel like that was so long ago I don't even really remember what happened. I, I know kinda... that we should have won. Donovan played like crap again. Mm-hmm. Really didn't show up in the fourth quarter like we're used to. And then Mike Conley took the last shot of the game, and it really pissed everybody off. Yeah, I thought – oh, yeah, okay, now I'm remembering. Jokic hit that one-footer fadeaway, if I'm remembering It was correctly. the game that they only had seven guys on the bench. Yes, okay, all right. Here's what I'm going to say about that. A lot of I saw a lot of people blaming Mike, which is preposterous to me because – he was the only guy that I felt like at least showed up a little bit when the whole team got out hustled by seven guys on the second half of back to back. And uh, I, I have to say, like, I wasn't panicked after that Conley game, but I was pretty pissed off about that entire team. Donovan was terrible. He was eight mm-hmm. of twenty-four, two of nine with eighteen points. So I don't really know if that's terrible, but I think it actually is in terms of Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. Um, very inefficient, not a lot of points. And I really feel like we would have won that game had we, had he actually made his typical fourth quarter clutch yeah. shots. I mean, He's a great clutch player, just kind of didn't have it. Um, and it, still kind of stuck in this weird Donovan Mitchell thing uh-huh. that I want to get to. The thing that stood up. out to me, man, was Jokic had 30, 20, and 10, where that he was, he was unbelievable. And, uh, I really hated it. We lose to a team that's got seven guys. Well, they totally out-hustled us in those last two minutes, and that's what won them the game, which I think that was the low point, really. That was the last game we lost. Um, yeah, I, f- I kind of feel like moving on, you know. We got out-hustled. We got that, we got that out of the way? Yeah. Okay, so magical story happens. Mm-hmm. We, as in Ben and I, somehow managed to... Tickets were donated to us. Yes. Um, Mr. Sean, we thank you for your... Friends thinking, of the show. Friends of the show and thinking of us. Um, but I want to I kind of spell something out. The jazz, and tell me if this is coincidence. Tell me if this is just basketball heaven kind of blessing us. Um, the Jazz are on a terrible losing streak. The world is ending, okay, as we know it. Ben and I go to the game. The refs somehow don't call a goaltend in the Jazz win. <laughs> Folks, if we ever go through another five-game win streak, I got some advice. Let's get a little Venmo count going. Let's get a couple upper bowls, <laughs> and let's get me and Ben in the arena. Because I think we're going to win. All right. I like that. Coincidence that we were there for that or not? I'm going to say no. Uh, we would not have won the game without us being there. Absolutely. You want to walk us through that minute of, well, first of all, how crazy was it to watch? So here's here's my thoughts from that game. Watching Damian in the first half, this is another team that only has seven guys. They get Trevor Ariza kicked out in the first quarter because he's an idiot. And then, yeah, that was, I mean, he got pretty pissed like over mm-hmm. nothing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then watching Damian in the first half was unreal. It was unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, the bat, the hoop was like the size of a garbage can. I think he missed like two shots, and we were like, oh, it, my gosh. It's like watching a man shoot layups from <laughs> the three line. I mean, he just crosses guys up, someone in his face, 
puts it up, good. Puts it up, mm-hmm. good. I mean, it was literally, it, it was effortless yeah. to watch. And they ran out of steam. We kept ourselves, we, we somehow won that game. I don't know how we did. Oh, wait, no, I do. The refs screwed their blazers over, if we're being honest. The refs did kind of hose the Blazers, um, and it actually, there's a lot of hot takes flying around because we're at the game, we're sitting next to a lot of passionate Jazz fans, and the people next to us, you know, come on. There, well, so we kind of have a rap here, um, and TNT makes fun of us during the playoffs, and, and I remember one time Chuck said, the Utah Jazz fans legitimately do not believe that they have ever committed a foul. And the people Ever. and the people next to us legitimately believe that, you know. And it was like, you know, here's my beef with the refs. I felt like it was chaos the whole game. They did not have control. They're handing texts out right and left. Yeah, it was super inconsistent. It, exactly, and it was because it was inconsistent. I mean, there was one play. I think it was in the first. Or, it was in the first half. I know. They call a charge on us. When it, like, kind of wasn't really a charge. I mean, the guy was trying to get in position, but his feet actually weren't on the ground. Mm-hmm. But they called a charge. And then the next play down, their big guy that's not Hassan Whiteside, the guy from Salt Lake for the Blazers, the guy that lived here for a minute. Oh, Swanigan. Swanigan. He's, like, planted firm as a rock. And I think it was Joe Ingles that literally just plowed him over, and they called yeah. it a defensive. And I was like – this was in 30 seconds of each other. Mm-hmm. Like, how – it's stuff like that that keeps guys guessing. Yeah. So, that's kind of how the whole game went. The last play of the game, Ben and I are sitting fortunate enough to sit lower bowl. We're about level with the backboard, I'd say, the top mm-hmm. of the hoop. I mean, maybe, I don't know. Who knows? It was about that. I mean, like yeah. row 20, row 19. Yeah. You know, so not super low, but not, not – They were in, really good seats. They're fantastic seats, you know. And so da- Damien comes down the lane. The ball's going. We got this perfect view because it's on the side that we're sitting, okay? At least the end of the court mm-hmm. that we're sitting on. I kind of get caught looking at, like, seeing if Royce is going to foul yeah. Dame. And the the shot goes up, and everyone's holding their breath. Yeah. And then Rudy comes out of nowhere, half a second late, and the shot gets blocked. And our reaction, at least mine, was like, Oh my gosh, Rudy saves the game! How did they not call that a goaltend? Mm-hmm. Kind of all in one breath. Well, it, it happened so quick. So I, I was like, that's a goaltend, and I expected them to have the call. And then it just didn't happen. So I was like really confused. We didn't see any replay. They so didn't show it in arena. So both of us are texting people, What did you just see on TV? Yeah, yeah. What was called? And everyone's like... It was a goaltend. <laughs> yeah, you look at the replay and you're like, wow. And my initial reaction was the ball bounced twice. <laughs> it went off the glass and then Rudy slapped it back against the glass and the ref somehow missed it. Like, I mean, Dame was pissed and he deserved to be. The real thing I want to I want to just I, I take c- from that game, I didn't feel good about winning that. Like, well, I, didn't think we played particular, I didn't think we played particularly well, but we – I don't. We didn't. That that one play did not make us win the game because we would have gone into overtime, and I think the momentum was uh, shifting in our direction. But uh, well, it also to be fair, I mean, it also didn't lose Portland in the game. They gave up yes, a fourteen point yes. lead at halftime. Yes, I can I was sitting, the first half. Now that I remembered, I kept telling Ben based on how the game was going. I kept telling him, "Mark my words, we're going to be sitting down sixteen at halftime." Yeah. 
because Dame and McCollum are just eating our lunch, and we don't have an answer. And Gary Trent, man. Gary Trent gets into Donovan. How about we talk about that headline? Yeah, pretty... I think, listen, Gary Trent is trying to make a name in the league, so he's going to smack talk the best player on the other team. And then Donovan, I was just kind of confused by it all. Donovan's like, we're not going to let him punk us, but like... He kind of punks you. He kind of punked us, like, if we're being honest. <laughs> well, so I got this thing that I'm going to bust out. This is why I made Donovan star of the night. And this is for all you jazz fans out there, all the faithful who tune in to all that jazz podcast where it's recorded in a basement studio and you can probably hear the heating um, <laughs> of our studio kicking on when it turns on and off. Um, so it's super official. In my opinion... I believe that Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, we were affected by being named an all-star. I was listening to the radio right after they did during the losing streak, and Mr. David Locke um, was on 1280 The Zone, and he said, I don't want to say that they took a breath, because I don't think they knew that they would take a breath. But they took, so that, but they took a breath. So that's, that's him saying they took a breath. Exactly. Yeah. But what but I, what he was trying to say was I don't want to say that like they intentionally lost focus or whatever. But they lost focus. The thing that I can think about is like you work yourself up to this goal. You mean you, these guys all have goals. There's mm-hmm. financial impact on yeah. their you know if they make an all star and perf- you, you want the respect in the league, especially a guy like Rudy that's kind of missed out the last couple years mm-hmm. unfairly. Um, I mean that's the crazy thing. He's made all NBA teams, and this is his. He's made two all NBA teams, but this is his first All Star appearance. Well, and he's even made like top fifteen players in the NBA, and then yeah, all like, NBA, all NBA stuff. And then you even go further, and there's like some guys that sneak him way up the board, like in yeah. comparison to like the actual results and stuff. Like Ken- Kenny Atkinson said, he's like the best defensive center of all times. Like a, a the Brooklyn head coach said, he's one of the best defensive centers he's ever seen. Well, and that kind of speaks for itself. I mean, I I think this year he finally got a little bit more recognition earlier on in the year, two Defensive Player of the Year awards, and then a lot of success on the Jazz part. You know, we're Mm -hmm. not trying to play from the eighth seed all the way up to the fifth in the last half of the season. We've (laughs) kind of been flirting with the fifth, sixth seed, fourth seed for quite a while now. Maybe it's us, like, fifth seed and then going up to the one seed maybe that's what's happening this year well that would put him back in three-time defensive player of the year award category yeah um anyways i think that these guys a couple things happened to both of them i think they lost focus i think they took a breath of air and they kind of let off the intensity a little bit um and earlier in the show i kind of mentioned that i thought donovan was playing hurt that's been something that i've kind of been looking for like he just doesn't he just hasn't seemed like him, his his yeah. the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man that we know and love, <laughs> you know, where he's making shots that are kind of only shots that he can make, yeah. you know, that he's kind of made his career doing those on so mm-hmm. far. And then suddenly you get named an all-star, and you get guys like Gary Trent, you get guys like that bum Craig from the Denver Nuggets who are going to take their best shot at you night in and night out. Why? Because you're an all-star. Yeah. You now have that target on your back you're gonna get guys best shots to defend you to play against you every single night and not that they weren't trying before but now they're gonna try that much more to not let you get going to shut you down yeah i mean he had it he had the target on his back and 
uh, he just kind of, I don't think he, we've seen times where he's just a little passive and um, not really as aggressive as he's usually been. And I think uh, today marked the game where he's like, I'm back. And maybe there was, I think there was other games, right? It was, uh, he kind of looked okay, was but it the Rockets game that the Rockets game, like he's, he scored up above 20 points tonight. I thought he looked his best that he's played probably all month. Yeah. If, if we're being honest, um, I'm trying to think about that Blazers game yeah, okay. because Rockets he, game. he really kind of got not really rocked. Uh, oh, that's the wrong Blazers game. Uh, it was, a, it was a Mavericks game. That's what it was. Yeah. The Mavs game where it kind of looked that's, that a little bit better back. Yeah. Um, in that Blazers game, he, he was 6 of 16, 1 of 5 with 16 points. Yeah, not great. But, I mean, Mike Conley looked good. I it was fan- Mike Conley was fantastic. Yeah, Mike, he's back. Mike Conley's playing really, really well and, right uh, now. I'm just happy he's he's looking good because when idiots say stuff and then they end up being right, nothing hurts me more than that. And when a lot an of idiot is right. When an idiot is right. So when I saw people saying trade Conley, this guy's a bum. It really, it really hurt me because he kind of gave you them a little bit of. He was giving them, fire. An, he was giving them, you know, ammunition. Yeah, if we're being honest, he wasn't. He hasn't been great. Um, he's struggled with injuries, and he's kind of tried to find his way to fit in. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's finally starting to bear fruit. I, I think, you know, I. Uh, so here's here's what I think. Donovan and Rudy need to play with the intensity that they need to bring every night. Which I think it's it's back. Yeah, exactly. And it needs to extend. I mean, the all-star break is going to be very welcomed. I think these guys are exhausted. Mm-hmm. You know, And I really think that we can get some guys rejuvenated over this kind of week-and-a-half stretch. Um, heaven knows we need the break. It's been a long ride this far. Even Are you talking about this, us? Yes, this podcast. Me and you? Yeah. I mean, this is – I need. we need the break. Yeah. Um, but if Donovan and Rudy can, like, be like, okay, all-star game, whatever. We, we made it. Let's go have fun. Now we got targets on our back, but we're going to bring it every night and be killers ourselves and mm-hmm. not let guys punk us like Trent. I think Conley has a very unique role within all this where – we learn he learns this different attack angle, you know, where it's not ball in the hand. It, Donovan has the ball, but then get it back to Conley. That's kind of what we've started to see. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the first game that I was, you know, was that Blazers game. I mean, the Conley, one we lost. Uh, no, the one we won. Um, was it that game that I'm thinking of? Well, the one we lost. Um, he looked really good in that first half. We were kind of force. We were kind of feeding him the ball, but. This game, I mean, he the game that we went to, which was the Portland game we won, the goaltend yeah. game, he was 6-13 with 18 points. Mm-hmm. And I kind of see that, and I'm like, that's exactly what we want from Mike Conley, mm-hmm. is we want to see 16 or 18 points, 6-13. I mean, he didn't shoot the three ball particularly well, but he got to the rim. He was aggressive. He, he really kind of made it a point to cut. Mm-hmm. And that's where, like, you start to see these wrinkles of this offense where sometimes I think we rely too much on our three-point shooting. Yeah. And when he gets in there and is like, Donovan can't necessarily get to the rim because if he does, there's going to be a triple team that sinks mm-hmm. in on him. Conley can get in there and be like, all right, I'll take a layup. See, that, <laughs> what you said right there was perfect. Conley getting to the rim, which we hadn't really seen the first – 
for all those games he played, he wasn't going to the rim as much as he usually did. And I think I, we finally saw it in that Portland game where he seemed aggressive of when he was attacking. I also like your point about the three-point shooting, how we rely on it. That kind of happened tonight against the Heat. We just started hitting threes. Where do you think – well, it's kind of – Yeah. It would be cliche to be like, well, if we don't make threes, we won't win the game. Mm-hmm. Um, that's true. I And Ben even kind of made the comment tonight too because the Heat's broadcaster I – di- I didn't know this about the Heat, but they're number two in the league in three-point shooting percentage made mm-hmm. um, a night, and the Jazz are number one. Ben made the comment to me, do you think that we should be shooting more threes? Mm-hmm. And I said, yes, only if they come at the same quality. See, that's the thing is maybe like – being the first in three-point percentage may not mean we're the best three-point shooting team, but uh, if if we can keep the quality and maybe take a couple more, that'd be great. Now, we're shooting the three ball at an alarming rate. Yeah, it's I, great. I, it is deadly. It's mm-hmm. potent. But once again, that kind of highlights the need where Conley's probably not drawing the best defender. At, you know, that, that probably draws Donovan mm-hmm. at night in and night out. Conley, I really think, can be effective for us trying to get to the hole. He's yeah. still quick. He's still really, really quick and twitchy if you watch him play. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that Portland game, we come out of halftime, we're down 14. Conley was kind of the one that led the charge. I mean, yeah. he kind of had a couple quick plays where he was able to get in and kind of, like I said, just make a couple layups. Um, and that's that's kind of what led the way. It's, it's just nice that he's like – he looks like himself because – it just it I just feel vindicated, and I'm gonna take so much credit about Conley being back, because we're gonna take credit. You deserve it too. We're not giving up on Conley. We've never yeah, given up we on never, him all year. W- forget that time where I said the seeds were there of me. <laughs> Wait, what did you say? You remember that when I was like, the seeds are there of me, like Conley getting to show frustrated. Up. Yeah, I was getting. You know frustrated. what? You're a Jazz fan. Be frustrated. All right. Yeah. You know what? I'm part of the media now. I'm gonna lie. All right. I have been with Mike Conley. I've never doubted him. He's. I've always been on his side. I always believed. I can say that without saying, as a fan, especially <laughs> on this show, even to my friends who may or may not listen to this show, I have always said we got to stick with Mike. Yeah. We have got to stick with him because the potential when he gets rolling and this team gets rolling is going to be so deadly that it's like Western Conference Finals good. Yeah, let's hope. Let's and really hope. That's – I'm staking with it. I mean, yeah. especially coming second half of the season. So, All right. Should we go to the most fun game of the week? Um, the Houston Rockets? I think we should. Awesome. Just maybe the most entertaining game of the year. I was just so satisfied the whole game where it was like Westbrook had 39, yeah, whatever. Are we allowed to make uh, my or Houston Rockets jokes on the show? Absolutely. Make it. I think that they would win a six foot and under league. <laughs> I've seen high, I've seen seventh grade teams taller than them. I also think that we are looking at a dead man walking when we see Daryl Morey. Oh yeah, he's fired. No I way. think he's done. I I I get like new NBA trends. Like it's all the rage these days. I mean, let's do what. I mean, here's a throwback for you. The Oklahoma City model. <laughs> you remember when that was a thing? Let's take the Oklahoma City model where we draft three Hall of Famers <laughs> within three years of each other. Come and on, it's easy. 
Yeah, let, let's follow that. And then the new trend became Golden State. Let's let's follow the Golden State model. Yeah, let's sign let's trust someone. The process. Let's sign someone to the maybe the best bargain contract ever. Yeah, Steph Curry. A, yeah. So then you, you look at all. And by the way, they drafted a team that won a championship. You drafted Clay. You drafted Draymond. You drafted Steph. You acquire Iggy. Magic things happen. Um, you you go forward though to this Heat game, um, and their version of all this, where they have decided to trade, who I actually thought was actually a really good player in Clint Capella. Yeah, I, I that was the best move that could have happened to the Jazz ever. I thought so too. I I, I get. You don't got to do a Clint Capella now. He's playing yeah. with the freaking Atlanta Hawks. Hawks almost said Falcons. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we're done playing them, I think, this year. Haven't we played them twice? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, Sayonara, Capella. I've heard some people say that they're actually concerned about this. Uh, David Lock and Spence, check it, said they're concerned about the mismatch. And I all I'm going to say is it might put Rudy in an uncomfortable p- position, but uh, I'm telling you, that, like, P.J. Tucker's going to take a beating. They also don't have any rim protection. So we are going to slice and dice them. We are going to get to the rim. We're going to throw lobs at Rudy. I'm, I I thought tr- them trading Capella for Covington was the best news as Jazz fans for me from the deadline. Oh, it was as if we made a trade at the deadline. Yeah, <laughs> it really did. They gave up Capella in a first-round pick to bring back a wing. So that just, just tells you, like, the center market, No teams don't value centers anymore. It's crazy. It's well, and there's like so much to talk about that. This and obviously the bogey shot. We'll get to that, mm-hmm. and a lot of other things to unpack. I just don't understand like fundamentally what they are trying. Like, are you trying to win a championship when you have James Harden and Russell Westbrook on your team? What's the answer to that question? If it's not yes, you should be fired. Okay, so, so they acquire them. We we're assuming they're trying to win a championship. They then decide that they're going to play a lineup where the tallest guy on the floor is the size of Joe Ingles. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you who that's not going to work against? Who? The Lakers, the Clippers, the Jazz, the Nuggets. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think if I'd even put like teams like Oklahoma City. Up above them. Oh, man. All right. <laughs> I know that's like a hot right. take, but like I think Steven Adams would kill those guys. I'll play devil's advocate on this, and I'll I'll try to say the, the Rockets' perspective. Are you going to give me the, the Mike D'Antoni doctrine right now? So um, Mike D'Antoni has publicly stated that he regrets not going all in on threes with the Suns in the mid-2000s. So is this the version of them going all in on small ball to the extent that it might hurt them? We don't know. We have. It, I think it could have the potential that it's so crazy, it's so weird, it is something teams haven't seen before that it could work. How many rings does uh, D'Antoni have? As many as uh, I do. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I am... One of the things that I don't understand is why we – Mike D'Antoni is considered an innovator of, like, modern basketball with what he's done. And I look at all this and I'm like, yeah, it's really cool that you tell guys to shoot the ball within seven seconds of the offense and that you got James Harden who makes a lot of threes and draws a lot of fouls 
and you've coached to cheat the game and all this stuff. And then we're going to give you coach of the year. But the simple truth is your closest shot was when you had Clint Capella, you had Chris Paul, and then you had James Harden, and then you gave you, you gave up on it. And I don't understand how six foot eight and under, mm-hmm. you know, the six foot and under league team. I don't understand the thinking behind that whatsoever. Yeah, and I don't think it's going to work. And I get the Jazz struggle with the switching defense, but I, I listen. We, they were way better with Capella. I, I, uh, I. So what did you think about the Sunday night game? Because we barely won, but it seemed like they were hitting everything. They did, and guess what? We also punched right back. Um, I have a funny story to tell about how I watched that game. Um, it was rather unfortunate. Um, I went up to my mother's house for Sunday evening dinner. But are you going to complain about AT&T Sportsnet? No, I'm going to complain about T-Mobile. Ah. Um, I, I thought the game started at 6 because it was in central time zone. I have no idea why it started at 5. Mm-hmm. So dinner was at 4.30. We get up there you know, a few minutes later than that, because we're always late. And who who is ever game. on time? Ever does anyone actually show up on time to things? My brother's on time. Oh, you know, people, oh, never mind. People like that. I don't know. But we get there. Um, we put the game on. We have dinner. We sit around. And we watch the game. And then, in order to get our daughter home, who's five months old, so we can get her to bed and put her to bed at a decent time and stuff, we leave like mid third quarter. Okay, and it. My folks live in Kaysville. I live in Salt Lake. Um, so we, uh, you know, it's about a 25-minute commute. We start driving home. My wife drives home because I wanted to watch the game. So I pulled it up on my phone, and I'm watching. And we're chatting back and forth about things. We talk in the car all the time. And Great. I'm glad you have a healthy relationship. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but I've got the game on, and I'm kind of seeing, like, wow, the Rockets pulled ahead by a little. Wow, the Jazz fought back, you know. Wow, the Jazz kind of pulled ahead a little. Wow, Jordan Clarkson's really playing well, <laughs> you know. And then, holy crap, Donovan Mitchell's like, he's he's starting to be Donovan Mitchell again. He's that was some really clutch play by him. Um, I actually didn't get to see the Jordan Clarkson. Don't put me in, coach. So I didn't see so that. That's stop one that I wanted to talk about. Yeah, I didn't see that either. But uh, I think. That's just great because that's exactly what we want from a I, – I, I made this comment to you. For a player whose game is, if we're being honest, borderline selfish, like he – I don't he think he's – He shot heavy. He's in there to score. He, yeah, okay. He has a scorer's mentality, we'll say. That – what he did in that game where he said, I'm like I'm going to mess up the chemistry if I go in, is uh, like – Awesome. In a game where he was partially responsible for getting us back into it. that it, I mean, like, not partially, like, heavily responsible. It makes We don't survive that third quarter without absolutely. Clarkson. I mean, but it speaks to, I think, him buying in, which was my concern when we traded for him, and he's bought in, which is incredible. Yeah. Right. And so... Get 30. For those of pitch. you that don't... That didn't hear what was going on with this... Quinn goes to Clarkson with like five minutes left in the mm-hmm. fourth quarter and says, "Hey, man, you're up. We're we're putting you back in. You're the hot hand." Um, he had scored at that point in the game. He was twelve of nineteen, three of seven from three, with thirty points, six rebounds, and two assists. So he's feeling it. 
You know, he had that other game against Denver a week prior where he had 37. He's feeling it. Yeah. He goes up to Quinn and he says, this lineup, which was our lineup, um, it was our starting line of Conley, Mitchell, Ingles, mm-hmm. Gobert, and Bogey. These guys are killing it right now. His yeah. exact quote is, they're rocking it. Let them go. Let's get some continuity going amongst these guys. Let's get some things going. Let them go. Yeah. Can I tell you how you cure a team of a bunch of really good character guys that don't want to step on each other's toes, that are trying to find their way? Can I tell you how you cure a team of that? You have guys like Jordan Clarkson on it that step up in a, in like the greatest moment possible, and they say, you know what, the better of the team. Yeah. I'm in a contract year. Go ahead and play these guys because I want to win. All right, I'll I, say it. I'll say it. Go. Jordan Clarkson got snubbed from the All-Star team. Yep. Whoa. <laughs> I hope he doesn't get snubbed I'm, for sixth man of the year because I think he's making one hell of a case. Yeah, he's awesome. I so mean, kudos to Jordan Clarkson. I think he probably gets the star of the game for me in the Rockets game. Mm-hmm. Um, incredible moment that will go down in Jazz history is possibly the turning point of this season. Mm-hmm. Because we won the game before where we shouldn't have won. <laughs> yeah, and I fe- did, should we have won this game? Well, or the Rockets game too. So here's my story. Back to script. Okay, I'm driving home. There is a dead spot in our neighborhood where <gasps> we get off the freeway, and I, I lose service every single time. Guaranteed, it's a black hole. I'm watching and I'm driving up this road, and the last possession happens where I think the scores. 110 to 111 with where we have a one-point lead we go and we double team james harden successful we get rid of we get james harden to pass the ball with the game on the line he gives it to westbrook what do we do to westbrook we double team westbrook westbrook somehow finds pj tucker in the corner we've double double teamed at this point we get they get it over to pj tucker we are late rotating around because we've double double teamed which is expected, right? P.J. Yep. Tucker buries the three ball. Oh. And I'm like, dang it. <laughs> dang it. We just lost to the six foot under and under league champions. Dang it. Okay, so that happens. Quinn calls a timeout. We get the ball out on the side. I see Quinn call a timeout. I hit the dead zone. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well... There's 1.3 seconds left. We probably lost. I'm in a dead zone. We kind of take our time driving through it. I don't get service till we get to the top of this hill. Service kicks back on, and all I can see is all the jazz guys jumping up and down, like just going crazy. I mean, we kind of saw what happened with that, mm-hmm. and I start freaking out. I'm like, Jordan, you got to pull the car over. <laughs> like, pull the car over. You know, I'm not even driving, but I'm like, something happened. Like, we're celebrating. I think we won the game. Yeah. And then they show the replay of it, and what a beautiful draw-up. What beautiful execution. Walk us through what you saw, Ben. So I had the game recorded because I had dinner with my family. and then Sunday night dinner. dinner. Fast-forwarded through, and I'm watching it, and I get a text from you, and you're like, wow. And I'm like, I immediately open it. I say, I don't want to hear another word. I have recorded. I'm behind. So as I'm going through... I think two things. This is either going to be incredible or it's going to be a disaster because wow can mean those two things. Wow, I'm going to throw up yeah. or yeah. wow, I'm, I might throw up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so 
so the I see what happens, and I'm like, wait a second, I think this might be good. And Bogey hits the shot, and I start screaming, and I'm like, wow. This, like, not only was that, like, a, a difficult shot, but that was, like, just... That was the most beautiful play I have seen this year. Oh, it was beautifully drawn up. I mean, I, I don't even know where Bogey started. I'm pretty sure he was at, like, half court. Yeah, so he screamed he for Donovan. All the, Donovan's in the opposite corner from the yeah. ball that's getting thrown in. Mm-hmm. He runs all the way across the court, kind of on this, like, little arc angle. He sets a pick for Donovan in the corner, who runs all the way up and gets a double screen from Rudy and Royce. Okay. James Harden freaking bear hugs Donovan. Yeah. I don't know. So everyone says, like, oh, Bogey got fouled. There was like 13 fouls committed on that play. Not that I'm mad about it because we won. James Harden bear hugged uh, Donovan Mitchell. Mm -hmm. Completely hooked his leg. Okay. It was actually a good thing because it caused him to be late doubling over Bogey. They don't see Bogey double curl. Okay. Double curl off the same pick. I don't know who's trying to guard him. Was it Covington? P.J. Tucker. It was P.J. Tucker. Um, P.J. Tucker gets there. Bogey somehow gets the shot up with both arms being pinned down as if Mm -hmm. it's a WWE night. And he somehow gets the shot up. He sinks it. And he buries the three. And he was awful that game. Awful. Awful. I think he finished the game with nine points. Yeah, I don't know. Two of seven shooting or something something like that. The thing about that play, though, is the reason P.J. Tucker was like just a half a second late on Boyan because Boyan set the first screen for Donovan to go on the curls, and then Boyan went around the curls. I mean, he essentially ran the distance of the floor. Yeah, in that one play in mm-hmm. thirty, in less than that, in three seconds. <laughs> yeah, it was great. I I saw some stuff on Twitter that was like the NBA is rigging these game for the Jazz, and let, let me tell just you say, what you can't rig. <laughs> who thinks the NBA wants the Jazz to win? Because if you think that, you're out of your mind. Welcome to our misery, NBA. Mm, Jordan been, pushed off. Yeah, Jordan pushed off. We're going to talk about rigging. <laughs> Did you see everybody after that the goaltend that was like, Dame, Dame gets all mad and he's hot at the media and all that stuff. Yeah. And then all these Jazz fans are like, welcome to our existence. Try living in a world where, where Jordan stole the ring off our f- finger with a push-off. Uh, it's like jazz fans. I love you, but come on. J- Jordan pushed off. We'll say it. Well, he did, but who's? He still made the shot. That's <laughs> true. And it's kind of the same thing it's with true. this. Th- saying that the NBA is rigging games for the Jazz. Can I tell you what they did not rig? Boyan Bogdanovich. Boyan Bogdanovich. Maybe they did. Maybe they did rig. Maybe he's not he's that human. good. Yeah. Maybe that's it. I saw a really funny take, and I can't remember where it was, and someone showed it to me, but it was a graphic that it said. Players in the NBA who have two game winners this season. And the list was Boyan Bogdanovich. And then there was nobody else on that list. Oh. I was kind of like, this is good. This is great. I'm really happy about all this. Yeah, I mean, just, and also I felt like we played pretty good. Like, I wasn't angry about a lot of stuff. No, for a team that's really given us trouble. I mean, I can make fun yeah. of Daryl Morey. I can make fun of what Russell Westbrook. I can make fun of all these guys. The Houston mm-hmm. Rockets gave us fits. Yeah. I really do think it's something about the switching defense, which seems somewhat elementary yeah. to me. You just have them switch to a guy that you want to go one-on-one with, and you torch them. 
Um, and for some reason, that really throws a wrench in our works. And for that being said, and for them making a ton of shots, and Westbrook played well, Harden played well. Eh. Well, 28 He was points. missing a lot of shots. He wasn't, I mean, yeah. Which is remarkable because we didn't have Dante Exum out there to guard him. Boom! Dante Exum mentioned on the program. <laughs> Dante Exum burned. Um, All right. We end up winning the game, though. Yeah, it was and, great. And everybody goes nuts. I watched that play. I, I probably watched it no less than 15 times. I watched it with the Celine Dion music song in the background. Was there? Was that, did that got get the Celine treatment? Of course. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing. It is great. That is a beautiful, especially the jazz reaction. The bench reaction was. Rudy's comment on it was that Bojan uh, has got humongous huevos, which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah. Um, after that game, Westbrook also took a <laughs> shot at Rudy. Uh, Westbrook doesn't care if he wins or lose. He just cares if he can uh, take can shots at guys after the game. But during the, I don't. Did you see that play where um, he goes in and? He, like, makes a layup, and Rudy's in the game, and then he turns around, and he, like, rocks a baby to sleep, and he goes, you're a baby under the basket, and he <laughs> says that to Rudy, uh, and then after the game, he's asked, like, what did you think of Quinn Snyder switching Rudy Gobert to guard you in the fourth quarter, and he's like, man, I don't care, yeah. I'm going to take a run at him, like, as if I would anyone else, Listen, and let like, me tell hey, you, Russ, the only time you scored was when Rudy wasn't in the game, you had one dunk, and... That was kind of it. Like, you shot a bunch of jumpers, man. Like, well, also, I mean, Jazz fans, he was scared in uh, the Oklahoma City series in 2017. He was he was afraid of Rudy then. So, uh, come on. It, it, guys don't want to take a run at him. Yeah. They know that's not a high percentage shot. Yeah. Um, Move on so to the Mavs. Mavs game. I thought it was great for three and a half quarters. Huge shout out to our man Emmanuel Moutier and Jordan Clarkson. Wow. Who in the third quarter just put on a show, man. Yeah, they were great. I mean... Feats of athleticism and speed that only Jordan Clarkson and Emmanuel Moutier can bring in. I mean, just a whole nother gear. Moutier had this move... Did you see that spin move he had on... I I think it was... Was it J.J. Barea where he just spin and got to the basket? And I watched it with Spencer and we were both just like, ooh. Like, that was nice. I remember a couple years ago... Um... Jody Genesee, yeah. Jody Genesee of the of the Deseret News. He sent out a tweet mid game that said, I'm really hoping JJ Barea signs my book, Lord of the Rings, after the game. <laughs> 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 and it was like one of the funniest things I've ever read because it came from Jody and <laughs> Big we like Jody. Oh yeah, we we're do. Pro Jody. Very pro Jody. Um it was one of the funniest things ever. Coincidentally, JJ Barea torched this that night. I hate J.J. Brad. He, dude, he's a jazz killer, and I do not understand the Puerto Rican wonder. <laughs> I don't understand. I hate it. him. I, I hate it too. And it, every time we play the Mavericks, J.J. Barea, if he's healthy, he's gonna get us. Yeah. And I, it does not make sense. Yeah, I mean, they. I think the Mavs went on like two runs that game. That's why the game we only won by four. But uh, I. I we were winning by like 20 most of the game, right? Jordan Clarkson with another impressive night. 10 of 17. He's 4 of 8, oh 25 points. He's he's on fire. Donovan was actually really good that night, too. He was 8 of yeah. 12 for 23. So I mean, listen, whatever's happened with Clarkson, like Clarkson, don't change a thing 
from this past week. Don't change one thing you've been doing this past week. Do the same stuff you've been doing because it's great. Yeah. I love it. Do you have any other takes from the Mavs game that stood out? Um, should I go X and, O's and, not, X and X's and O's on that? Because I saw something that I thought was really interesting. Do it. So we didn't have Gobert on Porzingis, but every time Porzingis rolled to the rim, we had Rudy was guarding who was whoever was in the corner, and Rudy would just come in and help, and Porzingis couldn't finish. And then we would rotate so they wouldn't get an open corner three, or it would at least be contested. And I uh, thought that was really great. I thought that was really great defense, but I also thought it was executed well by the team, which I feel like we haven't seen as much this year. I think Quinn did a really good job learning how to play some of these teams the second time around. Yeah. Because we played a lot of these guys like Mm -hmm. twice in two weeks. Um, I don't know who schedules the NBA, but they really didn't do us any favors. Yeah. Um, I feel like Quinn really learns once he sees a team once. You, mm-hmm. you play him again, I kind of has a blueprint, knows what he's going to do. Yeah. Um, and we saw a lot of that. Um, and that Mavs game was kind of on display from it. I thought we did mm-hmm. a much better job, uh, be it, albeit without um, Luka Doncic. Yeah. yeah. What can you do? Yeah, and then we got to talk about how weird, just like the fact that we lost five straight games and then we've won four straight games, like what? Why is this team so bad, but also so good? It's there's no in between. I feel the like. Jekyll and Hyde Jazz. It's uh, it's something I really hope we 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 don't have to worry about come uh, come post All Star break. A couple things that I wanted to look at though. Um, these are deep thoughts with Zach because we've kind of covered the season uh, up into this point. We're entering into the All Star break. We have two guys playing in it, which I don't know if that's enough reason even to watch the All-Star game. Um, <laughs> I'm obviously going to try to tune in but because I want to see our guys, and I think Donovan is going to put on a show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a big stage, and he's a big dude. I also think it'd be hilarious if Rudy like, showed up playing defense. <laughs> Look, I made the All-Star team. I don't care if I make it next year. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get 17 blocks tonight. That'd be great. I think it'd be hilarious. Team Giannis, baby. Team Giannis. Giannis. Um, All right, I have an end-of-show game that I haven't told Zach about. but Can I do some of my deep thoughts with Zach? Yeah, sorry, I interrupted you. Oh, you're, you're good, but I have like this a couple deep thoughts. Here's deep thought one. Play Gabe Lewis weird space music that lasts for an eternity. <laughs> Jawan Morgan. Oh. Oh. Starts making his way into the rotation. Loving it. It's great. Georges Niang that makes his way out. Hmm. I don't know. I think Juwan's just going to play small ball center when we need those lineups. That's what I think. You think so? You yeah. think that's his only use? Yeah. Well, I, uh, this is like we'll another deep take. Threes. Gorgeous Georges Niang. I... I am. I have been off it. We have apologized to him. You offered a full apology. I did a half. Yeah. I'm kind of going to rescind my apology. I'm going to take it back. Ooh, I kind of believe that he is a defensive liability that's not shooting the three ball that well, and that makes him unplayable. Okay. You heard it here first. I think Jawan Morgan, on the other hand, is a defensive juggernaut and an athletic freak. 
and he's and in the moments where he's been asked to play which has actually been like kind of in some big moments of games like Mm -hmm. it's it was in that portland game he checked in like in the first half and i was like maybe it was in the the third quarter i think it was the third quarter but i like pointed to him and i was like ben Jawan Morgan is in the ball game. I was, in a tight game. Like, what is happening? You were you can attest. I was the most excited I had ever been throughout that entire game. Oh my gosh! And it was like, uh, did Niang get benched? Like, <laughs> he might be my favorite player. Jawan Morgan might be my favorite player on the team right now. I I really kind of hope that we see a little bit more of him. Yeah. I, I and the reason being is because I think he can be this other defensive guy that we really. We really could need that's next to Rudy. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Kind of take that. We've mentioned that Jay Crowder role. Yeah. Where defense can just kind of be a specialty. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of curious to see what happens with him now, but especially this off season, I could see him being a key part of our of our team coming up. So that's yeah. deep thought. All right. Uh, this is a new segment I made up actually in the middle of this episode. Um, basically. I'm going to ask Zach to guess who had the best plus-minus on the team from the past few games. This will be nearly impossible. I will not cheat. Uh, In the Denver Nuggets game that we lost, who do you think had the best plus-minus? Who was the starting lineup? Was Conley in? Conley was in. I think it was Mike Conley. Nope, it was Boyan Bogdanovich with only a plus three, plus minus. Okay, that's terrible. Yeah. We played terrible. Yeah, not great. Blazers um, game. Blazers game. I'm ready. Jordan Clarkson. Yep, you got it right. Plus 17. That's because he drops 17 buckets on everybody whenever he's in the game. My man Jordan Clarkson. So the interesting about the plus minus, which it's definitely flawed, all the starters had a negative plus minus. Everyone on the bench um, had a positive plus minus. Jawan Morgan had a plus zero, so he was average. He was the same. He also played four minutes. Yeah, that I thought that was wild. I thought it was really interesting. The Rock- starters played against first half. Damian, yeah, didn't get. <laughs> I don't think he got subbed out in the second half. Mm-hmm. Probably not. Rockets game. Um, this is going to be an ugly one. I also think it's Jordan Clarkson. Uh, no. Was that close? Uh, he's third, so okay. that, that was okay. pretty good. Okay. Jawan Morgan plus 11. Okay, that's, so Morgan cool. gets him for our small ball six feet and under defense. Yeah, which okay. I love. Um, Mike Conley second plus nine. Okay. Mavericks game. Um, are you ready? Yep. I'm going to go ahead and guess that it is... Mavs game. I'm gonna say it's Bogey again. It's Clarkson. You should have. Gl- <laughs> I should start with Clarkson, man. <laughs> Clarkson all the way. Yeah, that's crazy to me that he's. So and tonight, do we do we have stats from tonight? Yep. Clarkson. No. Donovan. No. Go Bear. Okay. Plus plus twenty five. Plus wow. That's so impressive. the starters were all um, plus double digits. So the least was Royce O'Neal, who was a plus eleven. The bench was all minuses, but Clarkson was a plus three. So, pretty interesting. So, we killed him. Yeah. That's what you're telling me. I thought that was fun. Um, so, kind of wanted to wrap up the show. Um, we're at the minute, one hour and eight minute mark. Mm-hmm. 
We're going to give you a little bit of advice of how to get through the toughest part of the season, which is the All-Star break. Oh, because, we, are we going to suggest TV shows to watch? Uh, I'm going to suggest a whole lot of things. Um, <laughs> we have to make it th- – this is the part where we go through withdrawals. Um, and I kind of said earlier in the show, we need a break. We have to make it until February the 21st to play our next ball game. Oh. We, we take on the Spurs. It is a home game. It's a Friday night. It's at 7 p.m. That is an entire week and a half away. Yikes. So, All-Star Games this weekend. we got to make it a whole nother week. Um, things that you can do. I want you guys to see your families. <laughs> I want you to, to spend some time with your wife and your kids. If you're married, I want you to go home and see your folks if you're not. I want you to get reacquainted with them. Um, I want you to take a deep breath from this Utah Jazz basketball season, especially the Jekyll and Hyde part. Um, I want you to play some board games. I want you to spend some quality time with them. I want you to be <laughs> just kind of rejuvenate, take a break from basketball. Mm-hmm. What things would you suggest? All right. Should I suggest some good TV shows on Netflix? Yeah, keep it. let's keep it family appropriate, though. Oh, we got so kids listening mind. to the shows. All right, adults. Peaky Blinders. Great show about gangs. One of the best TV shows I've ever seen. If you want to catch up on the Rick and Morty. If you haven't seen Rick and Morty, you there should you watch go. Rick and Morty. I'm trying to think of movies that you could watch. Um, there, there's some recently good movies that are now rentable. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're into that kind of thing. Maybe at Redbox, but I know you can rent them on Apple or whatever. You know, Apple TV or whatever. Mm-hmm. Ford vs. Ferrari, rentable now. Haven't seen it yet. I, I'm going to rent that one. I'm you big, might as well buy it, honestly. Big car guy. Big Ford guy. Um, Ford vs. Ferrari. Jojo Rabbit. You can rent that one and watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen that either. Yeah. I'm, these are the ones that I'm like kind of excited to see. I'm trying right. to think. 1917 might be rentable soon. That one, I think you should watch in a movie theater. Really? Very interesting. Like, it's... It's all shown as one shot, so it, there aren't really any cuts. And it's really interesting, and it's really I liked. I watched it in a the movie theater. And I liked it a lot. Okay. Um, I want you guys to go get your cars washed. Um, it's a rough time of the year. There's read, a lot of a stuff book. going on. Read, read a book. Read a book. Uh, maybe maybe eat healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Eat healthy for a week. You yeah. know. The biggest part is is that with these players, we take a break from basketball to mentally gear ourselves oh, up. The or XFL. Buckle ourse- you watch XFL. Um, to buckle up, as Bowler would say, for the second half of Utah Jazz basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, and having looked ahead throughout this schedule, there's actually very there's not going to be a dull moment. We have a couple of games where, like, yeah, we get to play the Suns or the Wizards. But there's not like these games where it's threaded together like we saw in January where we play dogs from the Eastern Conference night in and night out. Mm-hmm. There's never going to be one. If we play one easy game, the next game's going to be against somebody hard, and it's like that through April. Um, we're going to start doing playoff countdowns where we're counting games for who we need to beat and win. Unfortunately, because of this five-game loss and who it was to, we play Denver twice. Um I think within 10 days at the end of the season. They're the second to last game of the season, I think. It, there's going to be a lot of things that come down where we're going to need full jazz strength and full jazz passion from mm-hmm. our fan base. That means we got to make the most of these this coming up break. 
You know, I think something we missed, though, is you got to watch The Office. That's all reliable. You can always oh, watch yeah. it. I mean, always watch The Office. Um, I'm in season nine right now. I just endured the Robert California oh, boy. years, um, which is hilarious. And um, You kind of have to be, like, hardcore Office to love that, you know? Like, more casual Office fans, you're probably not a big fan of Robert There's some parts in that where character development happens where it yeah. just turns into something great. Well, listen, actually, I don't even want to talk about that cameraman thing in Season 10. You know yeah, what I'm talking about? That thing sucks. Yeah, whatever. It's... I, I love it all, and I take it all in stride as mm-hmm. we do this jazz season. Mm-hmm. Any any last words for our people? No, I think we're good. Go jazz. Five lose five in a row, win four in a row. Mm-hmm. That's how we roll around here. We're into the All Star break. Looking forward to Donovan and Rudy dunking on some fools, beating Team LeBron. Mm-hmm. That's the All That Jazz podcast. Go jazz. Go jazz.